It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to quantum number 229. I think we're going to call this one California shadow banning because we're going to look at what that actually is, what what it's got to do with California. And as always in quantum, we look at news and views from throughout the world. But there are some themes that over the past few weeks have been repeating. I hope you don't find that too dull, but I think these are really important to understand. And in case you're wondering, you're visiting here for the first time. Quantum is a podcast that looks at news and views and culture from throughout the world. And from a Christian perspective, but open to absolutely everybody. And we welcome your feedback. Fascinating quote from the US financial regulator, Gary Gensler. We allege that Sam Bankman-Fried, or Fried, built a house of cards on a foundation of deception while telling investors it was one of the safest buildings in crypto. I love that phrase, a house of cards on a foundation of deception. That is so much of the world in which we live. We are trying to build something much better on a foundation of the truth. Anyway, let's start with this piece of music. Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting with Elton John. Now, in case you weren't aware, Elton John all his life, he tweeted, has tried to use music to bring people together. Yet it saddens me to see how misinformation is now being used to divide our world. I've decided to no longer use Twitter, given their recent change in policy, which will allow misinformation to flourish unchecked. Now, what Mr. John means by misinformation uh, it's views that he disagrees with. Uh, he doesn't want that to happen. Um, the idea, by the way, of him bringing people together, hey, Saturday night's all right for, for fighting. You know, the, a song with the words of a couple of sounds that I really like are the sounds of a switchblade and a motorbike. I'm a juvenile product of the working class whose best friend floats in the bottom of a glass. You know, don't give us none of your aggravation. We had it with your discipline Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get a little action in. Yep, that sounds like bringing people together, Elton. All your life you've been doing that. But Elton's trivial. The Twitter files are not. They are fascinating. And I suspect many of you won't have heard that much because astonishingly, for the revelations they contain, which are incredible, you would think that people would be really, really keen on 
grasping and understanding what's going on. So let me try and explain some of it. I think what's happening, by the way, is they are exposing things the media don't like, so much so that every single day this week, the ABC here in Australia have run with numerous stories against Elon Musk, claiming without evidence that hate speech is on the rise, that Musk is going bankrupt, and on um, the internet, including Twitter, the level of personal abuse is astonishing. Now, what do these files reveal? First of all, they absolutely reveal that Twitter censored a legitimate story about how the son of the US president was being paid $50,000 a month by a Ukrainian energy company to secure access to his father. It is an astonishing story. They knew it was true, or it was likely to be true. And so they just banned it. And banning, is it's not the most of it. You know, the Twitter files when I, I look at the ones that I, I've seen or the reports on them, people who've done it in some detail, and I have read some of it, when President Trump was banned, Twitter executives decided that Trump's use of the phrase American patriots could be a coded incitement to further violence. Now, this is what he actually said. The 75,000 great American patriots who voted for me, American first and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape or form. Now, listeners to this podcast know that I don't have much time for ex-President Trump. And uh, some of you are very annoyed at that. But that's irrelevant. That tweet, to be interpreted in that way, at the same time, here's Ayatollah Ali Khamenei from Iran. Our stance against Israel is the same stance we've always taken. This is on Twitter. Israel is a malignant cancerous tumour in the West Asia region that has to be removed and eradicated. It is possible it will happen. Calling for the eradication of a whole country's population. That didn't get him banned. Or take this from the Malaysian Prime Minister, Mahatma Mohamed. Muslims have a right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. So Trump saying make America great, or speaking of American patriots, that was sufficient to get him banned. But a president calling for the killing of millions of French people, that wasn't sufficient to get him banned. But it's even worse than that. That's hypocrisy. The thing called shadow banning, and that's what we mentioned at the beginning. Now, what is shadow banning? We've long suspected that this happened. Uh, I think that I, and I know several people who've been victims of it. Shadow banning is the habit where the companies, the social media companies employ unexplained and secretive algorithms to hide or discourage particular users and topics. So, for example, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, you might want to prevent that rising to the top of the social conversation. This tool is used to amplify left-wing publications generally. It's not used uh, because... It, the social media tend to be left-wing, and Twitter certainly was, which is why everyone is now freaking out that Musk took it over. Musk himself, by the way, voted for Obama. I don't think he'd be called right-wing. But it's used to suffocate their competition, and it tilts the whole conver cultural conversation in favour of the left. Now, Twitter's not that important, except journalists and politicians tend to think that Twitter is. And far too many people follow the kind of stuff they get on Twitter. Twitter denied that it did such things. We don't shadow ban based on political viewpoints or ideology, they stated in court. 
But the Twitter executives and employees call it visibility filtering or VF. Think about visibility filtering as being a way for us to suppress what people see to different levels. It's a very powerful tool. And it's been done. Another Twitter exec said this, we control visibility quite a lot and we control the amplification of your content quite a bit. And normal people do not know how much we do. But here's the point. In an article I read, I think it was in The Spectator, I put all links to all this. Most engineers don't feel strongly about politics, but do want to work with other great engineers. Silicon Valley has the world's best engineering talent. California has the world's best engineering talent. But it's co-located with San Francisco, which is far left. Thus, far left gain control of an incredibly power info weapon. And they just hate it that um, Musk is exposing all this. Now, a left-wing commentator, Ian McWhorter, uh, has a substack. I put a link to one of his articles. I think you can access it for nothing. And uh, he, he puts this all in perspective. And he also wants to know why the BBC, ABC and others are so silent about this. I think I know why. I think because they do their own form of shadow banning. They prevent people like me with views like mine of ever having any kudos. Here is a, here's an interesting example of, well, let me, let me play this first. This is trans activist Alariando uh, Caballero, I think, who is being uh, questioned by Senator Nancy Mace. Only a few weeks after the attempted attack on a Supreme Court justice on June 25th, one of the witnesses, Alejandra Caraballo, tweeted out the following in response to a decision on abortion overturning Roe v. Wade, and I'll quote directly from the tweet, the six justices who overturned Roe should never know peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they're in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. I know something about being accosted. The night of January 5th, I was physically accosted on the streets of DC in Navy Yard by a constituent of mine. I fervently blamed rhetoric, rhetoric on social media, rhetoric at public events for being physically accosted. I carry a gun everywhere I go when I am in my district and I'm at home because I know personally that rhetoric has consequences. I've had my car keyed. I've had my house spray painted. I had someone trespass in my house as recently as August. I've been doxxed on social media about where I live. Um, and I've had to add to security everywhere I go, often because I can't afford it. I have to carry my own firearm wherever I go. And um, Alejandra Caraballo also recently tweeted on November 19th, not even a month ago, that the Supreme Court, vested with the judicial power of the United States by our Constitution, stated they are not a legitimate court issuing decisions. And also the Supreme Court is an organ of the far right. So my last question today of Ms. Caraballo, do you stand by these comments, this kind of rhetoric on social media, and do you believe it's a threat to democracy? Thank you, Representative, for the opportunity to clarify and provide context to my tweets. Um, and I have a question. question, is it yes or no? Do you believe your rhetoric is a threat to democracy when you're calling to accost a branch of government, the Supreme Court? I don't believe that's a correct uh, characterization what of you my tweeted, statements. Though. Did you not tweet that, that you thought that the Supreme Court justices should be accosted? Did what I'm saying is that, that, yes that no? is not a accurate. 
characterization of my statements. Now, it's extraordinary that a politician can get away with that. She's tweeted that Supreme Court justice should be accosted. But when she's faced with that tweet, she says that's not a correct characterization of my statement. She called for censorship of the right, and she pushed for Yoel Roth, who was in charge of Twitter censorship, to ban being able to call someone a groomer on Twitter. And that, by the way, is the worst thing that's come out of these Twitter files. Twitter had the ability and the responsibility to suppress child porn, and it didn't. And one thing that Musk has done since he's gone on, as we've noticed a couple of times, is he's really pushed into this. Speaking of which, um, let's I tell you what, let's take a wee break and listen to something Christmassy. Good people, this Christmas time, consider Krauss. Um, I love it. It's the Wexford Carol, normally sung in Gaelic. A princely babe, sweet Jesus born, with thankful heart and joyful mind. The shepherds went the babe to find, and as God's angel had foretold, they did our Saviour Christ behold. Now I think of the baby Jesus being born, and then I think a lot of what our children are being born into. And one of it is the fact that our children are being born into a society, a bit like Twitter, where the sexualization and, and pornographication, if, if that's such a word, of children is happening. There's a report in Australia of children using online pornography as a de facto sex education tool. 42% of two-year-olds have exposure to iPads and devices, and by the time they're four years old, it's 94%. 
It talks about how the pornographers take parts of Frozen or Peppa Pig promotions or they splice children's videos with pornographic content or Zoom bombing and so on. And he said, that's really harmful content that a child cannot unsee. We need to protect children. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I'm so glad about Musk taking over Twitter is he's seeking to do that. And yet we wonder why the Sydney Morning Herald carried a story, I won't go into detail, of how strangulation during sex has become so common that young people are being led to believe it is a safe and normal part of intimacy. You can hardly believe it. We're reading this, but many are unaware of its serious dangers from permanent brain injury to accidental death. Just wow. By the way, speaking of wow and children, Planned Parenthood now argue openly that a right to pleasurable, consequence-free sex should be enough to secure a right to abortion on demand. Forget the mother's health. Forget the health of the child. That's what they're actually saying. It was an unbelievable tweet. Okay, speaking of California, fusion. What is fusion? Fusion is, how, do, how shall we describe it? Let me get this right. So nuclear fusion we're talking about. It's the process that powers the sun and the stars. In fusion, it, it's the opposite of nuclear fission from which we get nuclear bombs and nuclear power uh, in today's plants. But in fusion, two atomic nuclei are combined to create a heavier nucleus and the process releases energy. It is very difficult to do, but if it could be done, it offers the potential to provide bountiful energy at minimal cost, both materially and uh, to the environment. I hope there's the reason I'm mentioning that just now is that scientists at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California again have announced that they've managed to produce more energy from fusion than it took to create it. Now, it's a long, long way from becoming uh, viable as a commercial product, but it it's a significant step. By the way, I read this letter. I thought this was brilliant. This is a letter uh, in the Australian. Dear sir, this is to do with climate change. I was reading your estimable journal on the way to work on the train on Tuesday morning. From a seat nearby, I was loudly advised that by continuing to read a physical newspaper, I was contributing to the destruction of vast and critical parts of our our environment. Why it was demanded, was I so ignorant? Did I not care? Brandishing her mobile device, my inquisitor abused me for my heartlessness. I think the the word dinosaur may have been used, along with vandal and possibly even philistine. I fully expected troglodyte, but was spared this final indignity. Thoroughly shamed, I then offered a bargain. Given the amount of exploitation involved in extracting the minerals contained in her smartphone and the well-documented concern at conditions in the factories in which the smartphone is produced, I suggested we get off the train together at the next station, which happened to be central. There, in an act of contrition and ecological purity, I would quite happily throw my newspaper into the bin if she would do the same with her phone. Strangely, the suggestion was met with neither grace nor gratitude. If I then suggested immediate disposal was not convenient, might she guarantee to drop her device into a recycling bin later in the day, as I do every day with the newspaper? Once again, this suggestion was graciously, gracelessly rejected with even greater vehemence. That's my letter of the year. Some church news. 
Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, has said he won't be disclosing his stance on same-sex marriage in church anytime soon. Speaking to the Times, he says, I am sure uh, that he's... Well, he said... The role of the Archbishop is to be a focus of unity. No, the role of the Archbishop is to be a focus of unity based upon the Word of God. And if you're not going to teach the Word of God, don't bother being Archbishop. Okay, uh, I tell you what, Christmas again, so I have to play this at some time over Christmas. When I see this happening in the church and see, you just pray, Lord, come Emmanuel and... This is the theocracy version of it. We'll have a bit of it anyway. And then here's an extraordinary story from the EU. Now, prosecutors in Greece have frozen all assets of a Greek member of the European Parliament, Eva Kaili, who's been arrested in Belgium, accused of corruption. She was allegedly caught with bags of cash at her home. Investigators believe this was money she received from Qatar in return for supporting the country in debates at the European Parliament. Doha denies bribing MEPs. Well, Belgian prosecutors have charged four people and seized more than $600,000. Well, our correspondent Jessica Parker has the latest now. I, I don't know what there is to say about this, more, more there is to say, other than that the vice president, Greek socialist MEP, Eva Kali, has been charged with corruption, as you, as you heard there. And uh, I think this is a great, does a great deal of damage. Um, it's ironic that Kali's partner has also been charged, uh, who's set up an NGO called Fight Impunity. <laughs> wow. Accountability is asking for the central pillar of the architecture of international justice. Another one, NGO being investigated, is no peace without justice. The same thing. It's little wonder that Viktor Orban is gloating at the story. Good morning to the European Parliament, he tweeted in English. And then they said the European Parliament is seriously concerned about corruption in Hungary. Very strange that... Um, our people who are going around saying Brexit is the cause of the UK's decline are saying virtually nothing about this. By the way, just out of interest, came across this astonishing statistic. From the EU, September 2019, we got 22.7 billion in imports. September 2022, 23.9 billion. Exports, 18.4 billion. I think, uh, and then 26.8. 
Okay, um, let's come to Australia, let's come to Victoria, and where the Premier, Dan Andrews, remember, who insisted that a Christian be banned from uh, leading a football club because of a sermon preached in his church, which is against same-sex marriage 10 years ago or something. Here he is, having a different attitude to a different religion. We think it is important as part of an education process that everyone across our state knows about the works of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. It's very important that his teachings, his life, his journey is understood by so many people. Uh, That's why we'll provide a $500,000 grant to the Islamic Museum in partnership with the Board of Imams and also the Islamic Council of Victoria to develop a program to educate, to share those teachings, that wisdom. This is part of a comprehensive plan to do what matters. Uh, investing in our multiculturalism, supporting our multi-faith communities and acknowledging this central truth that Victoria's Muslim community are about family, they're about faith and they're about hard work. Generous, fantastic Victorians and we need to stand with them and we always will. And again, you have to think, does he not know or is he just being hypocritical? Because I'm very happy for people to know about Muhammad's works, journey, life and teaching. The fact he married a nine-year-old. Islam's anti-gay teachings, which makes Christianity look mild in comparison. And yet here is Dan Andrews giving half a million dollars to fund the teaching of the wisdom of Muhammad. Does it make sense? Neither does this. The Respect for Marriage Act passed. It's a, a, an Orwellian name. It's not respect for marriage at all. This is what Joe Biden tweeted out. And again, this is the leader of the free, free world tweeting out nonsense. Literally. Marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love and will you be loyal to the person you love? It's not more complicated than that. The Respect for Marriage Act recognises that everyone should have the right to answer those questions for themselves. Second tweet, as Mildred Loving said, previous generations were bitterly divided over something that should have been so clear and right. Today, with the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act, we celebrate our progress. There are few things as clear and right as marriage equality. And yet, Biden himself was against it before. But not only that, what, what a dumb tweet. If a man says, I love my daughter and I'll be loyal to my daughter so I can marry her on your criteria, which is exactly the case, would he accept that? Of course not. So it cannot be that simple. I'm reminded again of Romans 1, that not only do they do these things, but they approve of people who do them. Biden's meant to be a Catholic, and yet goes against every aspect of Catholic teaching. Now, I'm sorry, but we have to come back to the trans thing. I've written a series which will go out this week. Uh, it's already started to go out on proposals in Tasmania to ban conversion therapy, which you think may not be controversial, but when you look at it, in detail, you realise what's going on. But in Scotland, and I'm, I'm not going to say much about this because I want to do a special on Scotland, and this will be a key part, but a judge has decided that um, if a man says they are a woman, then legally they are a woman in their sex. That's Judge Lady Haldane. Now, I have a great deal to say about Lady Haldane because I met her and uh, at one point, and she seemed amused at me that I was some kind of Philistine from the past who opposed same-sex marriage. But what I will never forget is her words saying that it's the job of justice, justices to follow the opinions of the people. No, it's not. And this is where you go, especially if you think the opinions of the people are the opinions of your rich friends or the people you get on Twitter. Meanwhile, still in Scotland, 
an NHS policy in uh, Aaron, I think Ayrshire in Aaron, says that if a woman objects to a man being next to her in a ward, on a bed, then they are to be treated like a racist. Wow. Here's Julia Hartley Bureau's view on another aspect of this. Uh, let's talk about the Cambridge Dictionary, which has decided it's no longer a dictionary. It's now just a, we'll just make up whatever we think uh, a book, as opposed to actually providing definitions of real words that real people actually use and understand. They have decided uh, to change their definition of what a woman is. You know what a woman is, and I know what a woman is. Keir Starmer doesn't know what a woman is, but a woman is... An adult human female. That's what it means. That's what it's always meant. That's what everyone understands it to mean, except a few work activists on social media and now at uh, Cambridge Dictionaries. Uh, they now say that it includes anyone who identifies as female, adding the word can mean an adult who lives and identifies as a female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Um, the entry for male, by the way, has been updated to include individuals who had a different sex at birth. Let's talk about Okay, J.K. Rowling. Let me come back to J.K. Rowling. She has set up a sexual assault support centre for women. I think that's great. She has been attacked for doing it, uh, which is incredible. People accusing her of being a bigot for doing it because she set up a centre in Edinburgh, which a women's refuge centre, which will only treat women. The rape crisis centre in Edinburgh is run by a man who says he's a woman and they take on board men who say that they are women. Even if those men may themselves have perpetuated sexual violence against women. But, you know, one of the sad things about... The J I love what J.K. Rowling does, but she's called this place Berea's Place. And Berea is, as she explained, the Scottish goddess of winter. Berea rules over the dark part of the year, handing over to her sister bride when summer comes again. Berea represents female wisdom, power and regeneration. No, it's so, so sad. I don't think paganism is the answer. I think Christ is the answer. And as we come towards, and, and Rowling should know that, of course, uh, because of, you know, her, her Christian background. But, I, you know, I support her in some things, but just that's just so sad. Anyway, let's, let's leave this. Let's go out with another Christmas song. This one is from Dave Henderson. It's an original song that he wrote. Dave, as some of you will know, was a, is a worship leader in St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee, my old church. Uh, he wrote this song, Our Emmanuel, and I think it speaks beautifully of the answer to what we're having. No shadow banning here. This is coming into the light and bringing Christ to bring that light. So God bless you. See you next week for our Christmas special. And um, please feel free to support us on the Podbean fundraiser. Any comments, thoughts, questions? feel free to let me know and go to the website www.theweeflee.com uh, and you'll get all the links for all of this. And thanks again to Peter for producing this. God bless you in the lead up to Christmas and may the light shine upon you. Bye. From the fall of creation God told us his plan The seed would save us He spoke through the prophets All the gifts sent for man Hope of the nation As 
that had formed the heavens and filled their expanse. This Father great the child in the manger, from the waters called land, our Creator. Without number, in communion with the Son. 